Hi, um, welcome back to episode three of the Inner Renaissance. I realized after last episode I need to calm down a bit. Um, hopefully I'm not being too calm, but I'm in a very calm space right now. I have some delicious white wine and chocolate-covered almonds, and I'm burning incense, bawling my eyes out to FKA twigs. Typical Sunday, you know? So, like I said, welcome back. Of course, the natural starting point is explaining what psychocybernetics is and i want to shout out amber khan just goddess divine woman extraordinaire um for first introducing me to this topic and if you're into astrology and if you're a capricorn this is especially potent information for you right now um anyway i wanted to shout out number khan and she runs this thing called the quietest revolution amazing it's, it's like a grower it didn't hit me right at first but then you just realize her power and her truth and you're hooked it's amazing um so if you're into astrology or tarot or the spiritual realm, I highly suggest you check out her videos and or podcast. But let's get into the topic. So psychocybernetics is a system in your brain. It was introduced in this book by Maxwell Maltz, who was a plastic surgeon and he realized that the people he was operating on had completely different faces but didn't feel different about their faces <laughs> or their bodies or whatever it was he altered and so he dug into it deeper noticed patterns and wrote this book and introduced this topic that has persisted. It was a while ago he wrote the book. I think early 1900s, maybe? Don't quote me on that. And he first introduced it, and it holds a lot of power, what he is claiming and stating and proving in his work. So, what is it? Psychocybernetics is something that forms in every human um, between the ages of zero and five-ish around then. Basically, your early years on Earth and it affects your entire life. So let's just think about that for a second. Stuff that is happening to you before the age of five, like, how much of that are you controlling? Basically none. 
And that's kind of the purpose of this system, this part of our brain. But when we get into the long-term effects of your psychocybernetic system, uh, you'll realize how crazy that is. Because this thing that plays a huge impact, plays a huge role in your life forever, is being formed by strangers, by, well, I mean, your family and friends and teachers and stuff who aren't necessarily strangers, but when you're younger than five, they're pretty much, I mean, it's not like you know them super well. And these adults are forming this system that is going to control our life, basically. And they all have their own problems, and a lot of them are probably going to be projected onto you. And so it's no wonder that they can get so messed up and are, you know, not ideal for most people. So what is it? What is it? I'm getting there. So basically, it's this system in your brain, very ancient part of your brain, that is there to sort of give us a code for survival. It's taking in information in that time frame that I said, and basically just keeping track of all the things that you're told to believe about yourself and, you know, how to not die or be outcast or, you know, because being outcast in a much older time would, would almost mean death. And also, the place you're getting these ideas from is these adults, people who have survived, people who have grown up, and that's the goal of it. It's kind of keeping track of all of those things and after you sort of transition into toddlerhood, it's locked away and it's like, this is what I have to believe, what I have to do to survive. It's very black and white. Whatever is there is what you believe and what you know, you believe is what happens. <laughs> I mean, reality is a, a mirror of our, of our beliefs. In simpler terms, it's kind of like an automatic system that you set up. Maybe like if you set your coffee machine in the morning to start brewing at, um, like, seven. (laughs) I'm trying to pick a bad time to start brewing coffee because seven is late for me. Um, So if you set like your coffee machine to start brewing at seven, it's going to brew at seven every morning, whether it's too late for you or too early for you and it gets cold. That's what you set it for. That's what it's going to do. And that's like your psycho-cybernetic system. Whatever is set in there from ages zero to five is what it's going to do for you. 
because it's just trying to help you. It's just doing what you set it to do. It doesn't know any better. It doesn't know right from wrong. It just knows what is written in it, you know, figuratively. And your coffee's not going to start brewing at five until you change the settings. Amber, in her explanation, used a like a thermostat to explain it. If you set the temperature of your house to um, 90 because you think that's what you need to survive because maybe in when you first moved in, there was no insulation and it was the dead of winter. <laughs> uh, but now you're out of that stage, but it's still set for 90 and it's not going to change to 50 until you go in and change it. It's, it's not going to change on its own. You know, that's kind of the point here. It's like an automatic system. It just does what it's told. And what it's told was told to it for most of us when we were very young and by people that weren't us and who might have told us the wrong things. So some of the common things that are on people's psychocybernetic systems are things like I am not worthy of love or I am not enough or I am not beautiful or I am too loud I am too expressive I'm too emotional I am too brave or risky you know all of these things that a lot of people believe about themselves unfortunately were set there when they were very young and when you're at a point where you're trying to improve yourself like I know a lot of these listeners are because this is a self-improvement podcast and you are trying to change these beliefs you have about yourself like I am not enough or I am not worthy or I am not lovable and it's so hard and there's so many sort of relapses and resurgences of these beliefs along the way and it feels like you can never get rid of it and it feels like hopeless and a lot of the times that's because it's written on your psychocybernetic system code and that code is locked up tight and it is only changeable through specific ways and through a certain communication that it needs to really find it believable because think about it if this is your code for survival your you know, you and your body and, you know, all of it is not going to want that to be changeable um, very easily because if anyone could just go in and change your code for survival, that would be a huge danger to you and put you in a lot of or at a lot of risk. And so it's very hard to change your psychocybernetic code. 
and it requires a certain kind of speaking to. <laughs> I don't like to say speaking to because that's kind of the opposite. That's, that's what most people do when they're trying to change beliefs they have about themselves. And it does not re- respond to speaking in human language and in word form. So in Maxwell Maltz's life, when he was cutting up these people's faces, you know, people would get, and and you still see it today, people who get multiple procedures done because they are just not satisfied, they're just not happy. And I guarantee if they are those kinds of people, they're, they're still not happy, you know, but maybe they just can't get any more done but basically these people would get their you know something that they were told and is locked away in their brain and their beliefs about themselves was bad like maybe your nose is too big is something you've been told or your ears are too pointy or your lips are too thin you know these things and people would change them because they believe they were too bad but let's say it was your nose is too big you could have a procedure and it would be smaller and he would notice these people you know still felt their nose was too big and I mean clearly from the outside their nose was a a lot smaller you know like a maybe what would be considered um, societally beautiful-sized nose, <laughs> if that exists. It doesn't. But um, And they would still believe their nose was too big. And he, as anyone would, had some trouble understanding that because their nose was smaller, <laughs> Why didn't they feel that? Why couldn't they see that? Why did they still feel this way? And it was because in their coding was, your nose is too big. So no matter how small you made that nose, your, you know, ancient mind is thinking, if my nose is not too big, I'm gonna die. It sounds so crazy, but it's thinking like on my code for survival is my nose is too big and it sounds silly, but like I said, in that ancient brain, you could be discarded or sacrificed or just outcast and that could lead to your death. So, little things like that would have mattered a lot more back then. They couldn't change their beliefs, even though their physical body and world had changed. Their beliefs stayed about the way that they looked. And obviously that's extremely discouraging. And, you know, if you want to change your body that's that's totally your prerogative but just realize unless you change your psychocybernetic system your mind your coding that physical change 
will not will not change anything about how you feel you know even if you change your face to be the perfect symbol of beauty and people start treating you differently and treating you like you're beautiful even other people's actions towards you will not change how you feel about yourself until you get into that system break it open and rewrite your code and so as you can see it's a super important thing I mean if if you have things in there like I'm not enough I am um, I'm someone who never has enough money I'm someone with no talent I am somebody who can never be loved I am somebody who to be loved has to be painful which one isn't the truth and two, it's not a way you who want to live, hopefully. One thing that I think I have on my code that I don't want there anymore and that I'm trying to change is that um, relationships hold you back. And I'm, I'm planning on talking about that more in another episode about my love life or lack of love life (laughs) and that'll be I think the podcast right before Valentine's Day but that's one I think I have and I'm trying to change and I just realized that that was there because you usually don't realize things are amiss until something or someone (laughs) alerts you to it you know what I mean? Like, if your friend might always be getting into bad relationships where they're not respected and they're always arguing, and a lot of the times that might be due to them growing up with their parents arguing or one of their parents not being respected and I don't know, in my own experience, a lot of my friends who are in situations like that don't even realize it's unusual or bad or they deserve better until, you know, as a friend, I or one of our other friends alerts them to it. So you also have to do some work in figuring out what is on your code what's written there but some hints to help you find your way is beliefs you have about yourself very strong beliefs you have about yourself like so strong that it's almost like stubborn and incessant and like you don't even remember why you believe this so strongly kind of beliefs so I have good ones too. It's not just that relationships hold you back. It's also that I am beautiful in my opinion and I believe that so strongly. And <laughs> it's like almost silly how strongly I believe that. And I'm very lucky that my good psycho-cybernetic setting is about how beautiful I am because I feel like that's one of the parts of people that is most attacked And what's really crazy is thinking back 
there are a lot of moments in my life where I have been sort of, I guess, made to feel not beautiful or like people insulting my appearance in ways. Um, I mean, I have rosacea, which is not a traditionally attractive thing. Um, And also my teeth were pretty bad when I was younger. No, I mean, I've never been like a supermodel and there have been times when people would be assholes and, you know, comment about how red my cheeks are or how bumpy they are or how spotted they are. There are insecurities I have about my body, but like, I still think I'm goddamn gorgeous, (laughs) which is like, I feel weird saying that, but it's like that's how I know that's in my system because that belief I have about myself is not easily changed even when there are a lot of things around me that would change that or you know you would think would diminish that but it's still going strong (laughs) and so that's like a huge hint that it's something in your cyber or psycho cybernetic code and so that's a good one on mine i'm very grateful for that i just wanted to explain what it is the ways you can sort of find out what's on your code or if you think back to those early years of your life and any memories stand out uh i can pretty much guarantee that something from that memory was imprinted in your code in your system so good and bad memories and if you're a parent just make sure you're giving them the code to life that they deserve and that will be good for them and it's so hard because we all have our own code you know if you're a parent a lot of your psychocybernetic system can be passed down too, not, you know, through your genes, but if your parent has a belief that to be loved means to be hurt, that is their reality, and then you see them being hurt as a child, it, it becomes your reality that to be loved is to be hurt. And so a lot of the times it can be passed down. And so really take time to get to know what is on your code, what is in your system before you're sending it out to other people. And it's, you know, you know, that's why a lot of young kids, teenagers sort of, you know, if their parents were always in unstable or aggressive relationships they might have a bad dating history you know bad bad time with their partners and their relationships or yeah you know you you see patterns like that a lot not all the time but a lot so you have to be very careful about what you are putting onto the codes of young people and like I said, it's very hard because a lot of people are not are not aware of what is in their system and what is on their code. They just, they don't know. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how much of an impact what they're doing has. 
So hopefully this podcast will make more of you aware. So how do we change this system, right? We all have good and bad written there. Some more good, some more bad than others. But we all have things we'd we'd want to change and improve because like I said, we are not controlling what is being put there. You know, the people around us are. We're just children, you know, we're not living our life with full responsibility, being the boss of everyone and everything. And so now that we are older, we want to make some changes. I feel you. We all do. I I do. (laughs) You know, some of the things I mentioned are not things that I'd want on my system. And I kind of just covered a lot of the common ones, but I'm sure there are specific and personal ones that you have that this will work for as well. It doesn't have to be so broad and common. So this is in a very ancient part of our brain, deep, deep subconscious part of our brain. That's where a lot of our automatic systems are in place that part of our brain does not respond to words we a lot of the times when we have a a thought or belief we want to change we talk to it or journal about it you know write things like love is safe love is free love is fun you know, we write these things like affirmations and, and, you know, things like that. And those are great because those change how you think, which is very important, but it does not affect your psychocybernetic system. Just changing the narrative and the thoughts is not going to change the code. Your unconscious, subconscious, ancient mind responds to emotion to feeling and so for that locked box to open up and allow you to change what is written there that it believes is there to keep you alive and to help you survive that's its number one priority for it to open up to you and to allow you to make changes you have to feel it communicates through feeling and so thoughts and words can change how you feel but they don't always and so when we focus so much on language and words when trying to change patterns in our lives and we feel like it's not doing it it's not enough it's not enough You need to really feel, feel the changes you want to make. Feel the joy that you want love to make you feel. Feel the power that you want to feel when it comes to building your life and career. And feel the freedom that having enough money would make you feel Uh, that's another huge common thing on people's codes is that i don't have enough money 
because, you know, a lot of parents <laughs> talk about that and complain about that and pass that down to their children. Like, we are a family who doesn't have a lot of money. We don't have a lot of money. We can't afford that. We, you know, and so that's another common one. But you need to feel those emotions that you want to be a part of your system. You need to feel the joy and the beauty of loving your body and the freedom and just all of those good things around the beliefs that you want to put on your list. And so a, a great way to do this is through visualization. So a lot of the times writing, it can sort of go over our heads and be more of a routine or um, going through the movements. But what I would recommend is you make a movie in your head or in real life, that would be cool too, about your perfect life, all the things you want to believe, all the things you're trying to change, and play it in your head every day, every night, and, you know, feel those emotions you would feel as if you were watching this movie, you know, and don't feel, try not to feel silly or, you know, hopeless, uh, and just watch and feel and sink into it and live it in your head and you will break in to your system and live it in your life. Don't give up if it takes a little while because, like I said, it's, it's trying to keep you alive. It's doing its job. It is not your enemy. It's not your enemy. It's, it's doing what it was told to do. It is your co-worker, co-founder, not your rival. And you need to work together. It's super important and something that we need to take seriously if we want to make real change in our life. And we all have self-limiting beliefs. And I know that that is a kind of buzzword, buzzwords, but we do. And our lives aren't going to get better if we do not change those if we limit ourselves, we are going to hit a ceiling. We're not going to be able to keep moving. Who doesn't want to feel like they are enough and capable and lovable and worthy and rich and beautiful? You know, we all want these things and we try to change them in our external reality, you know, through things like plastic surgery or working really hard or you know thinking we work really hard and through getting into a bunch of relationships and we're not seeing the results because that's not what we need to change we need to change our our settings and then reality will follow only then hopefully i have shed some light on ideas that can help you and hopefully you give them a try. 
Start to uncover what is on your settings. Start to show your psychocybernetic settings through feeling the beliefs that are actually good for you. I hope I didn't miss anything. This is such an important topic. I'm talking like too calmly, I think. I need to put some urgency into this. This is important. Nothing will change in your life without having it on your psychocybernetic settings. Nothing. I just want to make that clear. What you have on your settings is what you will believe no matter what unless you get in there and change them. Okay. (laughs) I hope that added a little bit of urgency. Uh, Not necessarily urgency, but, you know, emphasis, importance. Because I'm talking very calmly, but this is some serious shit. Okay. I think you get the point. I am going to go. Thank you so much for listening. My website was just published on Tuesday and I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And I hope you check it out. It is rencollective.com. You can also go to my Instagram, shepherd underscore Lauren. And it'll be linked there, S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D underscore L-A-U-R-E-N. And on my website, you can find everything else you would ever need to know. Uh, My YouTube channels, my music, my photography and painting and art. Yeah, check me out. Um... You can listen to my other podcasts as well. This is episode number three. And also that podcast about my love life will be a good one. So follow me or subscribe or whatever you can do on whatever platform you're listening on. And yeah, thank you for your support and your ears and your time. I think that's everything I need to promote. So I will see you next week. Oh, leave a review. (laughs) Yeah, leave a review, please, if this added any value to your life. And now I will see you. I will speak to you next week. Can't wait. See you then. Bye.